Welcome to the Rory Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Ruin, and I have an amazing interview for you guys today with the GBT team, Sideline Cancer, featuring their assistant coach, Jordan Griffith, and GM, Billy Clapper, and I'm happy to bring to you an RI sports-focused podcast where we deep dive into our local high school, college, and athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Rody Runback. I have a great episode for you guys today with the TBT team, Sideline Cancer, as well as the Foundation Sideline Cancer. Um, joining me uh, from the Sideline Cancer TBT team is Jordan Griffith, the assistant coach, as well as one of the founders of the foundation, and Billy Clapper, who is the GM, and as well as everyone knows, he's the head coach over at IMG Academy, and he's done great things over at IMG Academy. Um, during this episode, it was just a great episode. Um, I talked to Jordan again. Uh, Jordan was on my previous podcast I had before. We talked about um, sideline cancer, what it meant for them in the tournament to make it to last year, what it meant to the foundation, and what they're looking to accomplish this year. Billy talks about how it's been, you know, they talk, both talk about how they built the team through the past seven years and everything they've done to help develop Sideline Cancer and look how far it's come today. Just an amazing interview. I love um, what Sideline Cancer has done over the past years. Just so happy to, uh, you know, made the connection with Jordan and just continuing to make that connection with him and uh, the Sideline Cancer team. I'm just very excited for them again as the tournament comes up. They just released the brackets. They'll be playing in West Virginia on Saturday. I think you guys will catch me at that game for sure, but... Um, definitely check out this episode. Great interview overall. Uh, but before we get into the interview, remember you guys can watch today's episode on YouTube uh, by searching Rory Rumback, as well as just stay tuned here to the podcast platform you listen to. Just remember to hit that like, share, and subscribe button on both platforms. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. And now for our interview with the TBT team, Sideline Cancer. All right. On today's show, I welcome on some very, very special guests. I welcome on Sideline Cancer, the TBT team. And I welcome on Billy Clapper, he's the GM of Sideline Cancer, and Jordan Griffith, the founder and the assistant coach of the Sideline Cancer TBT team, as well as the foundation. Uh, Jordan is the founder of that as well. Uh, guys, uh, well, Jordan, welcome back to the show. New, new Thank you. Same show, uh, different logo. So welcome back to the show. And then Billy, welcome, first time, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. We're doing fantastic. That's awesome. Well, uh, Sideline Cancer gets ready to ramp up to, you know, continue their tournament run back in the TVT for this upcoming year. I want to talk about last year's team before we jump into this year and uh, how you guys prepare for this year. But last year's team, played in, first of all, gave us sports back for basketball, being back in the bubble. Um, what was it like for that team last year that made an amazing run? And you guys, like, you know, obviously went through some great teams overseas, elite, Bayhams Army, and Team ALS. What was it like to, you know, make that amazing run during that time in the bubble, being a 22 seed as well? Jordan, you want to take this one? You want me to take it? Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah. So the one thing about this one is, like, you know, I was in the bubble uh, with Charlie and the team going through those gauntlet of games, you know, especially, you know, after the first round game, after we uh, beat Team Hines, I remember reaching out to Billy after the game and just being like, you know, that was a special win when Marcus hit that shot. And, uh, you know, we thought that that was going to be, like, 
our iconic shot of the tournament. It turned out it wasn't our iconic shot. That was still to come. Uh, but we didn't know it at the time. And I remember talking to Billy and saying, you know, our goal going into last year was we thought we had a caliber team that could win TBT. That was the goal going in last year truly was. But then when we got hit with COVID, two of our starters from the year before, you know, we're out with, you know, COVID-19 testing positive. Uh, and then uh, one of our better players, Diamond Stone, got hurt in the first round. You know, we kind of started looking at our bench and going, man, you know, we're the, one of the only teams in here with eight people. Plus, you know, we're stuck in a hotel room. This is just out of, uh, you know, the ordinary. And so when we beat Team Hines and then, you know, we turn around and beat Challenge ALS, I remember calling Billy and being like, I feel like, you know, we've kind of exceeded expectations that were, I kept telling Billy, we played a lot with how we're playing with house money. Uh, you know, we turn around, we beat Syracuse and we kind of blew out Syracuse in that second half. Uh, and a lot of it revolved around the defensive end. Eric Thompson's defense was fantastic. Our shooting wasn't necessarily on that game. Uh, and that, you know, after that game, you know, there were, there were four teams left in that hotel. You know, you go from a 2014 tournament where the hotel's packed to not a whole lot of people there. And then, you know, Mo hit the probably most iconic shot maybe in TBT history. You know, we trended on Twitter afterwards. It was like Dr. Fauci, then us, uh, which led us and then into the championship game. And, you know, I always tell people this, I'll end with this so you can move on to the next question. Last year, the foundation won despite losing the championship and our players did not win. This year, we're going in with the mentality that we want our players to experience that success of saying that they won a TBT championship uh, because so many more people know today about sideline cancer after what we were able to do last year. And so, you know, that's what our kind of expectation is as we roll into this coming year now. That's that's great. And then what's like the thing too? I like you you said silent cancer won because you guys made the final. How much publicity did you guys get from like making that finals and how much more people would take notice of the silent cancer and the foundation itself? Yeah, I think Billy would agree with this one too. You know, the easiest way for us to gauge our publicity from all of this has been, you know, if you just look at our social media account, I remember going into last year's TBT, it was like if we got a hundred likes on something, we we're like, hey, that was a good post. You know, you know, people like that one. Now you know, we made a post the other day when the uh, TBT ranked us number one, and it was like, it, it got 1200 likes. And, uh, you know, it gets 100 likes in the first seven minutes. So it's really changed. Uh, people have really latched on. Uh, people are reaching out to us, wanting us to host games as they're starting to learn more and more about what sideline cancer is about. Unfortunately, we weren't able to capitalize a whole lot off last year's momentum because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing that we have been able to do is we've capitalized by putting together one heck of a basketball team. And that's, that's a testament to Billy Clapper uh, for this year's upcoming TBT. And like I said, our goal is, you know, a lot of teams goal is to win it. I, I want to win it this year because I want the players to experience, you know, what it feels like to have that confetti come down and it not being a loss, it being a win. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then Billy, what was it like too for last year for you? I know you were able to join the team, but what was it like for you to watch the team on ESPN, see what they're, the amazing run that they're able to make? Um, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, just trying to take in the whole experience and, and doing what I can do to still benefit, you know, our team. Um, that's that's one of the hard parts, you know, but just keeping, you know, keeping in touch with our players and, you know, keeping them moving and just talking to Jordan and Charlie, you know, multiple times a day to try to keep them, you know, keep their sanity, but also be planning ahead for, hey, here, here's who we got, you know, what are we going to do? You know, we know what they can do what adjustments will we make, you know, just, just helping that with, with my background. And then, you know, just gauging the, the whole experience of, you know, 
what we were about to accomplish, you know, and just with each win, uh, we went from the farthest we had ever advanced was the sweet 16, which we had actually advanced, you know, if you count the first year three times, but in reality, 2015, and then also in uh, 2019, we advanced to the sweet 16. So the win to get to the elite eight, the win to get to the final four, you know, the win to get to the championship game, it, it, it put us in a new, a new realm. And, you know, just trying to, to use that to our advantage, you know, in everything that way. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then what's it like to, how do you find, how do you find a player like Marcus Keene, who's just such a great, you know, like, you know, great, great player overall that like got caught the eye attention of a lot of people on, on ESPN and across the nation. During this, during this I mean, it's, it's all connections and relationships and, and that one is sort of crazy, but I played at Youngstown State University, uh, Division One school in Ohio in the Horizon League. And at the time, um, when I was in college, there was a young man who was a ninth grader at a local high school. His name is David Jackson, who actually went on to play at Penn State. Who I'm his friends mom, with. Yeah. Yeah. His mom was the wow. assistant volleyball coach at YSU. And um, ultimately, long story short, you know, that relationship, one of David's best friends is a guy named Javon Snipes. And when Marcus played, you know, years after me, but when Marcus played at Youngstown State in um, his two seasons at YSU, you know, which is about, I think it was about seven or eight years after I had played there, Javon actually became friends with Marcus. So David made the connection to, to Javon and said, hey, you know, would, you, would Marcus have an interest? And long story short, Javon actually got a hold of, you know, Marcus and man, one phone call later, we were, we were rolling pretty much with Marcus. So it just happened. But I mean, that's a relationship that, you know, I've known the Jackson family since probably 2000 and what, 2002, you know? So, I mean, and then, and then David Jackson also was a college teammate of Jermaine Marshall, who is mm -hmm. one of our, you know, former guys that had passed away suddenly in the spring of 2019. So there's just a lot of storylines how this goes. Uh, we do not have a single player in our sideline cancer family who is a random guy that we just happen to add. Every, every single guy in our sideline cancer family is, is through a connection, a personal one we have or, or through somebody else. So. That's, that's amazing that like you guys are able to build a roster through the connections that you have or someone that you know just makes for that family atmosphere and how you guys know them. When you guys were building a team this year, how many did you guys get more people to reach out that wanted to join you guys? Like, how did it go for you guys this year with building a team and creating your team this year? Um, I'll start it and Jordan can chime in. You know, we basically had five guys who played with us last year that we wanted to have back, and then two other guys who had, had, were not able to play due to the COVID 19. So, you know, we, we knew we had seven, and then we wanted to, to basically add three specific things to that, that to that team. So, you know, we have two of those spots filled, and, you know, we were to have another one of those spots filled, but, but the guy actually was not able to play. So we, we're down to one spot, and uh, we actually are, are very willing to spend the, the $1,000 after June 15th and add an 11th player as well because of the players that we have seen that, you know, we can add. Um, I don't know, Jordan, you can give him some thoughts on, you know, guys reaching out, but, you know, my personal thing is we haven't had, you know, guys, not to put this, not to put guys down, but we haven't had guys, you know, 
reaching out to us above and beyond that could, I think could help us win TBT. Put it that way. We have guys that there's been guys reaching out that could help, that could play for us, but we need guys that can help us win TBT. So as Jordan said, our players can have this experience and we have that, you know, purple confetti falling down and they're hoisting yeah. up Jordan and his mom are hoisting up a trophy with the rest of the players. You know? Yeah. So I'll just kind of, I'll piggyback off that here real fast and just say, you know, along the lines of like what Billy was talking about, <clears throat> the idea that we brought in, you know, we kind of targeted in, the, in our off season, a group of players that we wanted to go after. Some had reached out to us. I remember Billy saying, this is what I wanted to say is that, you know, Billy had, uh, would text me and be like in, in Billy Clapper fashion, holy shoot, this guy just reached out to us. He gets, if he would have reached out to us two, three years ago, he was a no brainer, you know, but today, you know, him reaching out to us, he might just not be quite good enough. Uh, and that's, that's the tough part about going from, you know, kind of being an underdog to now, you know, we kind of sit, you know, at, at a precipice in this TBT where we, where people, where players know who we are. Uh, and that's a cool thing for it. It's a cool position for us to be in, but it's also a position that we're probably not quite accustomed to. One of the, one of the attributes that has allowed us to get to this spot is the fact that Billy has a unique talent for being able to identify talent and not just looking at a player and saying, oh, they're popular, they must be good, or nobody knows who they are, they must not be good. If you go down our roster, you know, other than, you know, maybe Marcus, who led the NCAA in, in scoring, even when we brought him in, there wasn't a whole lot of hype around him. Like last year's TBT, they didn't even rank him as a top 12 point guard in TBT. Which yeah, let me, let, me, let me battle off of that for the people who do the rankings this year. I want to see where they, where they, if they keep him off the rankings again this year, that'll be interesting. Yeah, no, they're not going to keep him off the rankings. Definitely not. But, but we, but like, those are the things that like, we knew that we, we had a star in Marcus Keene that just hadn't been given his opportunity yet. And that's, you know, the greatest gift that Billy Clapper has is we, or he does not look at the name. He looks at what can you do? How old are you? And what leagues are you playing over in Europe or whatever it is, wherever it is that you're playing? What type of numbers are you putting up? And then we evaluate the film based off of that and make our evaluation, maybe not on what TBT, maybe TBT wouldn't evaluate him that way, but that's the way that we do. And that has allowed us to go kind of from an underdog to, you know, sitting at the top of this whole thing. That's amazing. So like Billy, do like you guys read like just for my insights and for listeners insights. So you guys, you like, I think Jordan touched upon it, but review film and go over like what you see, what you see in a guy that he could bring to sideline cancer. Like, how does that work for you? Like, how do you get a hold of the film? Like do these guys send you highlight tapes? How does this work? Google. Yep. YouTube. Uh, YouTube. Proballers.proballers.com. We actually YouTube. Wanted to get a synergy account this past year. We were on a watch. Oh, I, that's right. I forgot we didn't get that. Synergy, synergy didn't want to give us a deal, and so yeah. we just will be it. But um, you know, it, it's it's very ironic because it's it's really about fit. Once you get to this spot, um, us adding the most talented player that we possibly can get, or a guy who maybe played you know seven years in the NBA, and now you know he's sort of like bouncing around a little bit overseas, but, you know, so you got to play it. Like there's so many things that, that we take into this and then also just, you know, maybe who they are as a person, you know, um, that's probably just as important of a thing that, that I look at with this. And then, um, you know, we look at it and say, okay, who do we know that knows this guy? Um, you know, I mean, just in the last 48 hours, I mean, I'm, 
I'm texting assistants from the Pac-12, assistants from the SEC, and just being like, hey, can you put me in touch with so-and-so or can you ask him? And, like, these guys are willing to do that to, to help me. In addition, part of that is, you know, my relationships with them and also that we're playing for something bigger. And then also my real job, too. You know, that, that helps us a little bit, too. But, um, you know, just to give you an example of how we look for that fit, you know, we had a guy who plays in a, in a top top league overseas and he averaged like six points a game this past season but he was a role player but he could shoot the freaking lights out and um we honestly thought he would jump at the opportunity and sure enough you know i made the contact and heck within like an hour the guy texts me and says hey thanks for thinking of me but i'm not, I'm not i don't want anything to do with it <laughs> it's like wow you know but but we felt that that guy could actually play the same role for our team that he was playing as a big time pro and it just it was not wasn't a fit so you know you have a little bit of that um and then you have some of the positives too where you know we looked one of the big things we felt this year was we wanted to add a, another guard who had the ability to play with marcus king but also if marcus came out of the game or maybe he got into foul trouble or whatever um that this guy could step in and you know we wouldn't miss a beat, you know, though you can't replace Marcus Kane. I'll be the first guy to say that. Um, so we added Trey Lewis and, uh, you know, Trey Lewis has played at a high level in France and in Israel and the G league. And, you know, I mean, he's right. He, and, and, and it's even crazier because he played a year at Penn state with Jermaine Marshall and they were mm -hmm. friends. You know? So we look at things like outside of the box that, you know, again, people don't, people on the outside, may that, but, we, like I told people, I said, if, you know, just wait till Marcus Keen and Trey Lewis are on the floor together. Like that's yeah. Let me up. can I can I bounce off that real fast, Billy? Run with it. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, TBT's rankings will come out, and Marcus will be the number one overall point guard. But they won't rank Trey Lewis in the top ten. Trey Lewis is a top ten point guard in this TBT, no <laughs> doubt about it. Billy knows. Will they rank him in the top ten? Nope. Nope. Is he top ten? Yep. Yeah, he's probably top, he's probably top five or top three. Like that's how good Trey Lewis is. But that's like that's the skill that Billy Clapper has. I love it. That's that's absolutely amazing. Uh, so Billy, I need you to help me. Here, here's, how, here's how crazy it gets. There was a guy the other day. He did a he did an article about us and picked us, and he put that the biggest addition we had was you know Aubrey Dawkins, which is a big addition. Yeah. But the guy like an Ohio guy. And he didn't even talk about Trey, who is also from Ohio, you know, and he actually had picked Louisville or Ohio State for his grad transfer year. So, you know, all things considered, you know, we take the high road with it. And any, um, you know, we're, we're very happy anytime anybody does, you know, an article to raise awareness. So it's not hitting on them. But, you know, I, I think we have a few guys that are going to surprise some people just in general. So That's awesome. I'm excited to see you guys play this year. It's going to be. Very exciting to, uh, you know, actually see you guys play and have that maybe and actually have some fans in the in the stands this year. What's that going to be like for you guys to actually have, have some fans back and some normal purple shirts, man? So, and, hey, we're going to West Virginia, purple T-shirts and camouflage. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, West Virginia will be your first stop. Your uh, number one seat out in West Virginia uh, and your first game will be I, who do you guys play in your first game? They have a seat. 
They haven't? Oh, okay. No. So those are all the seedings that you've seen are just like before TBT makes the final decision. So our rosters do June 15th. Oh, okay. And so we'll probably find out June 21st or sometime along there. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, so what's it like to, when you have a guy like coach Parker, who phenomenal coaching job last year in the tournament and does is a great coach overall. Uh, what's it like to have him be your, your guys' coach and how does he make the, like, you know, do so well in the one game tournaments and have the new guys gel in as well too. I think, I think, yeah, I'll go ahead and speak on this one. I think that, uh, you know, this was a decision that Billy and I made probably how long ago was it like four or five years ago now, Billy? 2017. Yeah. And uh, we were making the determination whether we wanted to, you know, go a different route or if we wanted to make one of our former players a head coach. And uh, in two, when we went out to Chicago for the Sweet 16, uh, I remember meeting Charlie for my first time and just being like blown away with how invested he already was with the foundation. You know, him and Jared Cole in particular, the two people that really stood out, but Charlie really had an interest in coaching. Uh, and since about 2017, when we brought him in, Charlie's been, you know, nothing but a consummate pro, uh, so much so that he's coaching his own sideline cancer AAU team down in the York, Lancaster, Pennsylvania area right now. Uh, but I think the best quality that Charlie has, you know, over, you know, even over top of the fact that he has the I can't attitude, believe always feared, is the fact that he is, he was a pro. He played overseas just like these guys. He used to be our best player, and now he's turned coach. And so he has this unique ability to be able to connect the foundation, to be able to connect his knowledge of playing at a high level uh, with these players. Uh, and that's something that, you know, I don't even know if, if Billy and I could have envisioned. And plus, like, you know, us three now, we're, we're, we're really good friends because of this whole TBT experience. And, you know, I don't think that, you know, much could really probably break us apart at this point. Uh, and that's the really cool part about this is the fact that, you know, Charlie's invested not just in TBT, but he's invested in the foundation as well. You know, we're holding a golf tournament next Friday and he's coming in for the golf tournament and him and Billy are doing a free clinic for kids in our area, not because they probably want to, but because, you know, they feel it's the right thing to do. And that's the type of people that we have on the, in this, uh, you know, on this team, you know, and leading this foundation. And with Charlie too, um, you know, when he finished up his pro playing career, you know, as Jordan said overseas and then the D league and all that. Um, he actually became an assistant coach at his alma mater, Millersville university. That's right. I forgot that. So that was one of the qualifying things that I had looked at with him because the guy that we had, you know, I, I sort of the first year was, was head coach slash GM. And then, you know, just, I knew that I couldn't wear both hats. And so Andrew Garcia, who is an assistant at South Carolina upstate. He had been a division three head coach at the time. And he actually coached us in 15 and 16. And he just said, you know, Hey, there's too much going on. And, you know, like Jordan said, we, we could have went outside of the family, but it was sort of time for Charlie to finish up playing and, you know, just with what his experiences were and he wanted to you know get his own business going with player development. You know, we bounced that off and, you know, we ultimately, you know, I hate to say it, but we sort of said, hey, you're done playing. And if you want to plot to do this, you know, you can be the next coach. And he took it with open arms and, and looked at it as a positive and a blessing. And he, he's done great with it. So, yeah, the best, probably one of the best decisions the foundation's ever made, Charlie Parker. Yeah. And he, I for a long haul, you know, so. Yep. Yeah, he was, he actually told me that story, Billy, about how you approached him. The, he was like, they, they said it in a nice way for me to 
the, the coach the team and stuff like that when I told I had him on my other on the podcast last year uh so it was awesome to speak with him he's just he's a great guy best part is when I cold called him to actually play for uh, that's that's a great story because I had because I had coached against him when I was a division two assistant and he was a division two all-american the best way people could go look at his highlight tape online but the best way to compare him was what Allen Iverson was in the NBA, Charlie Parker was in Division II basketball. That's how he played, you know, but he was six foot three. And um, so he just, just a special player. And when we did the TBT for the first time in 2014, I, I, I knew that he was going to be one of the guys that we asked. And I know there's a Division II team now, you know, but um, we actually made a living, you know, our first three, four, five years. Off D2 guys guys and we had multiple division two all americans uh we even had a d2 national player of the year on our roster you know uh it, it, it was pretty cool you know so that, that was where we sort of found our ticket because that was one of the levels i had coached at so that's awesome that that's great and what was the phone call like when you called him i'll tell this story because i'll tell Lawyer, like charlie tells it because it's better it'll it'll be better coming from me because i've heard charlie tell it a million times no, so he didn't pick up the first time and then he ended up calling me back right away. And then I had to sort of like just, you know, break the ice and run with it. But I actually, um, when I coached at Pitt, so I did have a little bit of an in, you know, I had coached Hanson, but when I was at Pitt Johnstown, um, the women's coach there, her name was Sasha Palmer. And her husband had actually been a standout at Millersville before Charlie was there. So you know, that was sort of, that was the guy that actually gave me Charlie's cell phone number. You know, I had reached out to this Jamal Palmer and you know, said, Hey, can you get me Charlie Parker's phone number? And he sent it to me and then we ran from there. So, yeah. So the story real fast is he calls Charlie and you know, he's, he's a, like, Hey, I'm Billy Clapper and we're going to, we're going to play for this foundation in a tournament for a half a million dollars. And Charlie's like, this moment I heard a half a million dollars, I stood up and I started pacing. He goes, I even think I started sweating a little bit, like, oh my gosh, I'm be playing a tournament for half a million dollars. Like, let's go. And then Billy drops the line. He goes, and we're and I, this is what they did at the time. And we're gonna donate it all to the foundation. And Charlie goes, I almost dropped my phone. I sat down, I put my hands in my face, and I told Billy I was in. And he goes, I don't know why I told Billy I was in, because at the time I probably didn't want to be in. But I knew that it was something that, you know, God was kind of telling me, I got to go this direction. And uh, ever since then, Charlie's been kind of, you know, has been part of the family, not kind of part of the family. He's part of the family. And uh, just a really cool story on, you know, how Charlie got involved. At, at the beginning, he was willing to give it all back. And that tells you everything you need to know about who Charlie Parker is. And to think we actually fielded a team the first year with all the game actually won the thing they all would give it back like every you know we didn't we wouldn't have given taken any prize money and then the second year we decided for us to actually get the players necessary to compete we had to give some prize money you know so yeah yeah that, i mean it's absolutely amazing what you guys are doing and how everything is going that's a great story about uh coach parker and everything what was everyone else's reaction when you told them all the money was going back to the foundation how they react to that as well honestly, you know what honestly the guys we had in well Man, we got some great stories with that one. We had a dude who did it because he needed uh, community service hours. Because he had <laughs> didn't know that. uh, that's a story people don't know that one. Um, we had another guy did it. He just did it because he felt, you know, in his heart, um, like he wanted to do something bigger than basketball. And, and he was the only, he's the only guy 
that we've ever had play for us that we didn't have a connection. Nora Dean Lindsay, who had played at St. John's and played at Ryder, and I literally got him on social media. That was how we added him. Uh, that was the first year. And then, um, you know, there was John Boyer, who was our first player, who uh, he's a couple years older than Jordan, and he's five years younger than me, but we all played at the same high school for the same high school coach. John, he's one of my best friends. Yeah, John got us two players. Actually, John got us three players from Buffalo. And uh, John still plays professional. You know, he's still in Germany, plays there. But that's another great story. We had a guy, um, I, I won't throw his name out there to, to protect him, but people went back and looked at our roster. But we had three guys from Buffalo. And the one guy told us that he had a business meeting, so he wouldn't be there on the first day, which was June 6th of, you know, 2014. So we win the game. And John calls him up after the game. He said, man, we won. What time are you going to get here? And the dude, the guy point blank told Johnny, he goes, oh, shoot. He said, I never bought a plane ticket because I didn't think you guys could actually win. <laughs> and so <laughs> we, we missed out on that guy for the day, too. You know, but it, it's just funny how, you know, that type of stuff that's happened over the years. But uh, it all it all comes together. And, you know, we had a we had a really special group of guys that first year that were willing to do it. And then the following year, I mean, it just, we had, you know, the first year we had guys that were really retired playing for us. And then, uh, you know, year two and year three, we still had a couple guys that had finished up playing pro. And by the, the fourth year, I mean, we were, it was, it was all, all guys that were current pros and, and we built it right from there. So. That's awesome. I mean, you guys are doing a great job of it now. And obviously, Look what happened last year, and now looking forward to this year's tournament. And what's like the one thing that this might be a dumb question, but what's the one thing that you guys are looking forward to with this year's tournament and being able to get there? Bill, you want I'll, me to go, or you go? I'll give you mine real quick. I think just just seeing these guys take advantage of the of the of the opportunity, um, and that and that's whether we would lose in the first game or whether we, you know, advance to the final four, or whether we just, or whether we win it all, you know, like I think it, at this point, I just, I want to see them have, have that chance. Um, I look at it a lot of times, like we've played 17 career games all time in TBT. We've worn the white uniforms one time. I honestly don't know why they had us wear those against overseas elite, but they did. But we've we've never been the higher seeded team ever in a TBT game, ever. So you know it's sort of weird. Like if, if that changes this year and we're actually a higher seed, which you know I, I don't make the brackets up and, and any of that stuff. But people are telling people are telling us we're going to be a higher seed this year, and, and maybe. You know, maybe a top seed even in the region we play in, which you know says a lot about our guys and the commitment they've made to you know to grow this. But um, I think when you just look at the whole thing, to say we've got an opportunity, and you know we always talk about it too. Like one of my goals in this process was a couple of years ago us playing an ESPN game, and you know the first the first I had a friend in 2014. He told me he says if you guys do this. Someday you'll be in Sports Illustrated, and someday you'll be on ESPN. And the first year, we actually had the thing printed in Sports Illustrated about us, which was crazy. But then in uh, 2017, Jordan and I are in Philadelphia, and we beat the Pitt alumni team. And I, I still remember he's sleeping, and I'm yeah. laying ready to go to sleep. And I actually woke him up 
And I said, Jordan, you want to see this? And here it had us on the bottom line of ESPN. The ticker. Yeah, the ticker. It had, it had us on the ticker, and it said that sideline cancer had beat the Pitt alumni and that, you know, they called it an upset, whatever, you know. And, uh, you know, we were on it, and I just was like, holy shoot. And then, uh, you know, I think the other one, uh, Jeff, that really gets me is in 2019, we're pl- we had the opportunity to go out to Wichita, Kansas. And that was our first ever TV game where we actually play on national television there three times. But that morning I went into the fitness center at the hotel that we stayed at in Kansas and I'm working out and it pops up on the screen that it says, I think it was a nine, a nine o'clock game. Cause we were yeah, in, in we're the highlight and it said that, sideline cancer versus you know self kansas yeah self-made alumni and it had that in the bottom right hand corner and that was on constantly as so, and i'm just like holy cow you know this is nuts you know and i i think those are the things that it's not so much of a, of a me or an us but like that's the awareness that in 2014 we were looking to take advantage of and it's just really cool that we have a lot of guys that are willing to, to play for something bigger to do that. So I think, you know, again, coming full circle, my whole thing is just about putting these guys on this stage and they know they can do it and everybody else knows they can do it and just seeing how far they can go. You know, we've built this, we've built this team with purpose. If you knew how many phone calls and how many players and uh, how many players have been considered it, you know, I have a notebook with, with, hundreds of guys names in this thing and notes about players and you know it comes down to, to just finding the right guys and the right people you know so it's still be a lot of fun that's awesome that's that's amazing for what as how fast it's grown and how like you know being there for the seven years that it is now and now you're in 2021 and how like you guys are like every i'm sure everyone's looking forward to watching you guys play compared to like last year last year i just remember all the hype of seeing you guys in the finals and watching you guys go through like the Hans army overseas elite, like playing those tough teams and hitting those game winners and just making those memories. Like, I just remember people like cheering you on and getting pumped up. I just remember being all over my Instagram and like seeing it on Twitter and stuff. So it was just absolutely <laughs> Dude, amazing. That'd that be kind of crazy for you. You're like, I interviewed them. I interviewed them. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. The one thing about, guys we have in this too and if you look back at that tournament you know last year and you asked me earlier about what's it like what was it like to watch you know our team from from a tv perspective um every one of the first four games we actually were down double figures yeah even syracuse i think syracuse had a double figure lead on us like in the end of the second quarter um, or beginning of the first quarter something or something like that but, like, we were down double figures to overseas elite in the third quarter. We were down 10 to ALS. We were down team Hines. I mean, I – 15. I, we were down 15 to Hines. Yeah, but, like, like Hines, I still say that, you know, Dion Wright, who, who was on our team um, last year, and he's going to play with the Bonaventure alumni, you know, go back with them this year. But Dion Wright made, a, like, a little floater shot when we were down 12 to put it 10. And I still say – you know, me, all the games I've won and all the games I've lost over the years, um, I say if he missed that shot, we would have lost that game. Like, I still – that was – that put us down 10, and then the next thing, you know, we were down eight, and our guys just clicked. But, like, we were down 12, and he made a little floater after a timeout, and, and it 
cut it to 10 and, and uh, you know, you just, there's little parts of that that, that just change the momentum of games, but yeah, to be down 10, every one of those games and our guys battle back, it tells you the type of guys we have. And it's the message that we want the people that we are playing for. As, as I always say, I said, this is not, you know, our team, it's your team, you know, and anybody can be a part of our team. That's the cool thing in terms of the fans and the, and the support, um, you know, they, they take ownership of it, you know, so that's, that's a really cool thing. So, you know, it's, it's but just, I just keep saying to have guys who would not give up. Um, that's, that says a lot. That's, yeah, it's, it was absolutely amazing to watch. I know I've lost a few fingernails and probably gained a few more gray hairs watching <laughs> that tournament, but it was just great to see you guys get there. And uh, obviously big supporter here in Rhode Island and definitely hopefully we'll try to make it down to the West Virginia bracket and maybe try to catch catch me at one of those games for sure that'd be awesome yeah yeah it'd be be a lot of fun but i got a few more questions and we'll wrap it up but uh jordan i want to know too like uh tell me about the i can basketball academy and the aeu that you guys have you know started yeah so what we're trying to do is we're trying to connect you know what we're doing on a national stage which is you know tbt with you know our local communities and now we're expanding outwards um we started with the Purple Fever Hoops, uh, which is a team here in Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania. It's basically located in central Pennsylvania, you know, to give you guys, you know, that are out there listening an idea of where it's located. Um, and we have, we started last year with two teams before we even went on ESPN or anything like this had already started based on our success out in Wichita. Uh, a guy that I actually coach with, his name is Brad Lear, has two daughters. He formed the teams for his two daughters and wanted to play for something bigger than basketball. Uh and then they grew this year to having four teams in our area. And probably next year will be somewhere six to seven teams. And then, you know, based on our success last year, Charlie Parker, our TVT head coach, said he wanted to do something with the, with the AAU program as well. He's already a player developer, you know, very similar to like what Billy's doing down at IMG Academy. He said he just has his own business. And he started the ICANN Basketball Academy this winter. Uh, and he formed his, you know, first AAU team, their ninth grade girls. And so, you know, it'd be kind of cool if, you know, we can get an, a sideline cancer team down in uh, York, Lancaster, and we can get a sideline cancer team here in our area, and they eventually play each other. None of the, none of the teams right now are the same age, but, you know, our goal is to someday hopefully, you know, have an elite level basketball player. Like I was telling you before the show, our, our, it would be great to have a kid come up through the program uh, and then play for sideline cancer TBT would be an awesome, awesome experience for us. And then secondly, you know, we would, we're hoping that someday we're able, we're fortunate enough to get a high level pro, you know, whoever that might be, we don't know who it's going to be. They're probably in third, fourth grade right now, uh, wearing the sideline cancer jersey in AAU tournaments and representing the brand. Uh, and so that's kind of like where we see some of our growth taking place, you know, to be able to reach out to different sponsors and things like that to help us grow, you know, at the national level and at the local level as well, pushing basketball forward in our area with an I can attitude and a believe always spirit. I love it. That's awesome. And then Jordan, just for the listeners to kind of understand, can you just give us a background to uh, as well as about what the foundation's all about and why? Yeah. Too? Yep. So uh, we started when my dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer back in 2010 uh, and then he died 19 months later. And during that, uh, during his bout with cancer, you know, we held a dinner in our area, uh, which we called the Griff's Run and Gun because he was a runner and a gunner in basketball. Uh, 
And we had like a basketball tournament at dinner. We raised $30,000. We had a lot of success that first year. We didn't have a foundation yet or anything like that. Uh, then by year two, my dad was, you know, pretty deathly ill at that point. He still spoke. Uh, you know, we had a recorder. There was no Zoom at the time or anything like that. Uh, and, you know, it was that night that they formed the, the community formed the Griffith Family Foundation for us. Uh, so like we never formed it. The community formed it for us, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then as the years went on, we started out actually as tackle cancer was our first like branding experience. And it went well. We sold, you know, T-shirts just like we do now. I think we, we sold like $8,000 worth of T-shirts or something like that at a football game, which was great for us. Like we were excited. But we also realized quickly that tackle cancer was a little limiting, meaning that not everybody could, or could participate with tackle cancer because it's limited to football. And so my dad being a basketball guy, you know, we were sitting around a table like, what could we brand this to? And, you know, somebody just blurted out sideline cancer. And then later that year I, was the first year I became a teacher. And one of my students who actually played basketball in college uh, at Cal California University of Pennsylvania, she comes up to me in class and she goes, Griff, like, you know, while you're up there lecturing, I wasn't paying any attention, but I found this in your logo. And it was the I can. And I looked at her and I was like, Morgan, that is incredible. Yeah. And she goes, I know, I just found it. And it was just, and it, it took off like wildfire. Uh, after that. And, you know, we've been doing games, hosting events, uh, and we're really looking to expand upon that now. Up to date, up to this date, we've uh, donated over almost $300,000 to pancreatic cancer research. Um, and right now, because of COVID in the last like 19 months or so, or whatever, it's been 15, 16 months, a lot of things have shut down, but a lot of things are starting to reopen in the cancer field. My mom, just two or three weeks ago, you know, in the beginning of May, was able to connect doctors in Hong Kong and doctors at MD Anderson down in Texas. Well, my mom's goal in this whole thing is, well, I shouldn't say goal, it's what her role has become, is she's a great connector. You know, these doctors, they work 12, 13 hour days. They don't always have time to read other people's research. My mom, that's what she does. And she recognizes, oh, you're doing this and you're doing another thing. Let me connect you two so that you guys can have a conversation about what it is that you guys are seeing with your, te with your testing. Uh, and our goal is to hopefully one day to see an early detection test for pancreatic cancer. My dad was diagnosed probably, you know, eight to 10 months too late. If we can find, if we can find this earlier, instead of having stage four pancreatic cancer, you have stage one or two, you're going to survive it. The problem is you don't feel the symptoms until stage four. And so at the end of the day, we see ourselves as a connector in this industry and we're pushing towards an early detection test for pancreatic cancer, which is what our research dollars go to. I love it. I think it's absolutely amazing what you guys have done so far. And it's just absolutely amazing what you're doing. And being part of the TBT, I'm sure brings a lot of light to it as well, too, especially with, with AU. That's our, everything that's that our brand. That's our branding. That's yeah. like we, and we don't pay a whole lot for it. You know what I mean? Like, it's as cheap as it comes. And uh, yeah, it's really like we have advertisements going on in this area and we've paid <laughs> zero dollars for it people want a commercial with that like want to do commercials with us and show their support with us it's great because it gets pancreatic cancer out there and that's you know that was billy clapper's goal at the beginning of all this was to spread awareness you hear him keep talking about it was to spread awareness and that's what tbt does for us and it's allowed us to spread awareness in so many other areas that we never thought possible that's, it's absolutely amazing and now uh if someone wanted to donate or if anyone was interested in donating where can we donate where how can we help out in any which way yeah you'd go to sidelinecancer.com. So okay. it's very simple. And there's a donate tab right there. Uh, you know, a lot of people have used it with success. We have little campaigns. 
the I you know if, if my we don't we never like to come out and say like openly donate to us because that's not that's not what we're about we're about this I can't attitude and believe always spirit that the little things in life that you can do to help anybody out is so valuable and important if you don't have money out there to donate one thing that all of us can do follow us on Twitter follow us on Instagram sideline cancer TBT and those little things can help us cure cancer it sounds so ridiculous but it's so true the more popularity we show the more people are going to want to jump on and the more people want to jump on that just means that there's going to be more awareness spreading which means that people are going to demand that we see a day where pancreatic cancer and all cancer for that matter no longer exists yes that's amazing and and you know i love i hopefully one day all cancer doesn't exist i know it's affected my life as well, I had some family members passed away from it as well, too. So it's definitely affected us as, as well. So definitely. Sorry, appreciate you, yeah, it's, it happens. But, you know, just got to keep our heads up. And what you guys are doing, I think it's absolutely amazing. And getting the word out and spreading the word out. Keep fighting. I can, baby, all day. I love it. I love it. And then, uh, well, that's all the questions I have for you guys. I can't thank you guys enough for being on the show. Um, Jordan, again, it was nice seeing you and speaking with you. And, yeah. Uh, nice talking to you again too coach, coach clapper is very nice to meet you and speak with you as well too i can't thank you guys enough for being on the show any questions statements or anything before we sign off no I really? think we, uh, we appreciate everybody's support and i i second you know the things that jordan said there about you know what people can do and, and that they can be a part of this as well you know mm-hmm. this is their team yeah it really is and it's and it's amazing come TBT, how many people, you know, reached out to us. That, that's one thing that we, we've really tried to um, put our hat on is, is that, you know, when people reach out to us, we respond, you know, like, and, and people have learned that. We, yeah. it's I, can, I get a quick, can I get a quick story in real fast, Billy? Sure. Sure. Yeah, one of our uh, former interns, she's now a board member, Sierra Cobbler. You know, she's kind of like our social media czar. She really helps us out with social media. And one of her roles now is to make sure that we respond back to everybody because we get a lot of messages from people. And sometimes we open them and then something happens, like you get a phone call or whatever. And she goes back through and she makes sure we respond to every single one of them. So if you're sitting out there and you want to talk to us, we will promise you that we will respond back. Okay, go ahead, Billy. No, so that's sort of been one of the neat things is how many people have shared with us stories um emails i mean and, and i'll tell you what that's probably the most thing that they got me last summer um because people saw us and they started looking at it and i mean i, I had stories sent to me that like it wouldn't even do its justice talking about them in this platform but i mean they just it, there was power and there was people that it was their way of just letting go of it was putting it out there to us and huh, i mean just just some powerful stuff so you know if you, if you need someone to talk to you need a resource um, we may not have all the answers but we will work relentlessly to help find those answers yep where billy has all the connections in basketball my mom has all the connections in the medical field that relate to gastrointestinal cancers she's the vice president of the ddnc the digestive disease national coalition in washington reach out. We can help you. And we have had some people um, reach out to us. They actually ask for help. And we've had uh, people actually reach out to us on behalf of other people and said, Hey, do you think you could help this person? <laughs> and uh, that, that's been a really unique um, scenario as well. So whatever we can do, please let us know. Yep. I absolutely love it. I love, I love that all. 
this has been absolutely amazing. You guys deserve the best in the world. And, uh, you know, good luck to when the TBT comes and anything that I can do to help out with you for you guys as well, please let me know. But I love what you guys are doing. Keep doing what you're doing and keep spreading joy and, uh, you know, make cancer awareness big time. Sounds good. We appreciate you having us on the show. Believe yeah. always out there with an I can attitude and believe always spirit. All right. That was my interview with Cylon Cancer. I really enjoyed that interview. Uh, always happy to have Jordan on the show. Just a great, great guy. And then it was very nice to meet Coach Billy Clapper, head coach of IMG Academy. Looking forward to what they do in the tournament this year. They started their first game against the Fallon Fathers. Uh, in West Virginia, just very exciting. They just released a bracket. Be on the lookout for the TBT. For those who don't know, the TBT is the basketball tournament where they play for $2 million. Now, it used to be 500000 now, and it was a million. Now, it's $2 million. So, just be on the lookout for that tournament. It comes up during the summer. Great tournament. Very exciting to watch them play. On Friday, I have another great interview for you guys with Coach Tom Newell, he was a former NBA coach, and he is, um, you know, it was just great. He's retired. Great interview with him. It was more about a conversation about life than anything. Uh, be on the lookout for that episode Friday. All right. I will see you guys. I hope you guys have a great Wednesday and Thursday.